Not necessarily. I've been... We're recording now, by the way. I read a good book recently, and I have been... I kind of want to rant a little bit about the importance of reading the whole Bible, Mm. and I'm sure some other stuff will come up. I only think about probably five different subjects in any given day. (laughs) So is there a song that you're going to play, or are you going to put that in after the fact? No, this is very low production quality. We're just going to talk, and then at some point I might play an intro song. So this is the intro. When did it start? (laughs) I told you a couple minutes, like 30 seconds ago. All right. Anyways, welcome back. (laughs) This is Wild West country music. Let me find a better spot. Today's episode of Conversation Therapy is sponsored by G Fuel Energy. (laughs) Have you ever been tired? No. You should get more (laughs) sleep. G Fuel Energy is a sugar-free powder. I don't think you advertise something effectively by calling it a powder. It is a sugar-free powder that you mix with water to create a variety of flavored beverages. Think Crystal Light, but better in every way. It comes in, I think, over 20 flavors at this point. Wow. Gfuel.com. Use promo code PewDiePie or whatever. (laughs) There's a bunch of them. But you can get 10% off of your purchase. Mm. Gfuel, throw us some cash. This is not actually sponsored by G Fuel Energy, but Throw my life is. If you want to sponsor, we'll plug. If you want to sponsor David's life, go ahead and come out to his address, 111 David's Lane Way. Also, why is the lemonade out of stock on GFuel.com? That's what I was going to buy after I finished the four tubs that I have now. All right, this is more important than the country music. The lemonade's out of stock? Yeah, lemonade is out of stock. It's a classic flavor. I hope it's just out of stock and not being discontinued. I would be willing to forget about this egregious offense to the world of podcasting and media and the internet and the world in general if a tub of sour blue chug rug were to show up at my door. So, sour blue chug rug? Reach out, G Fuel. (laughs) I do not. I don't have uh, an Instagram or Twitter or anything, so just get in touch. <laughs> yeah, just reach out to me. You know how to find me. You'll hear me on this podcast once, maybe more. <laughs> Welcome back to Conversation Therapy, a podcast where I talk to people I think are fun. I'm your host, Michael Lamp. I'm Michael Lamp. And Michael Lamp is here as well. <laughs> um, if you notice any audio quality differences, that's not real. Uh, this is all the same as it has always been. We're not in a different spot, so you can deal with it. I have been recently loving this country music. If Wait, if this were the first one in a different spot, which it isn't, would this be the first one in a different spot? Um, It would be the first one in a different spot, but it would not be the first one in a different, totally different setup. If Theoretically, if this were not in the room where it's usually held. Which it is in that room. It's in that room. Um, that room in which this is currently being held might have had a reorganization that happened after a couple of episodes because of how dirty it was. Um, and so now the room that we are currently in for sure is cleaner and also the podcast setup is different. I just rolled my eyes when he said cleaner <laughs> just for all for everyone who's not watching, only listening. Let's get let's go ahead and get that good little sound clip of David rolling his eyes in three, two, one. 
good. <laughs> Hello to our international listeners calling out you. You know who you are, Jeffrey. As, as well as our interplanetary listeners, if sometime in the future mm. this is broadcast across the solar system and across the stars. Across the solar system is my favorite 117 song. <laughs> wow, you get pretty deep deep a, cuts on this. <laughs> that's a little joke for podcast. all you uh, Christian techno fans out there. Uh, go ahead and uh, give me a cheers for that. <laughs> I think cheersing the mic is the funniest thing because it's a joke that's inherently not for any audio listeners. Like it's just for the people in the room. This is clearly why quality content like this is why the internet was created. Quality content. Anyways. <laughs> Man. So uh, today we're going to be going through a a line-by-line, chapter-by-chapter analysis of Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. I'm Dave. I'm Michael's older brother. I'm five years his senior. Mm. I wanted to get that out of the way. How's and that is also why we we sound similar. We, For all of you who watch the YouTube broadcasts, we look pretty similar, as you can see. And for a while, especially through high school, we behaved and dressed pretty similarly. I think that's just because I got all your hand-me-downs, both of your clothes and of your personality. Yeah, probs. Which is, that's a fun time, trying to figure out who you are in high school, especially coming from being homeschooled, which is, you went, didn't you go straight into freshman year out mm-hmm. of homeschool? Yeah. How, that, how was that experience? It, I, also, I feel compelled to say before I start that, I think, I am really, I'm very proud of this podcast in particular because it's making big strides in the world Mm. of diversity because we have two white heterosexual males on, which is kind of new ground in the world of entertainment and media in general. Yeah, I mean, we're both also um, in our young, you know, early 20s, early 30s age. Um, which is something that, like, I haven't heard a lot of other podcasts done by people who or, are... Like songs, movies, anything. Yeah. It's a very underrepresented demographic in the world of any sort of media. I mean, I'm just glad to be one of the front runners. You know, I want to be inspiring to all these young little white high school and college-age boys out there. Um, this one, this one's for you, okay? This one, this one goes out... <coughs> sorry. This uh, it's close to my heart. This one goes out to you guys. He's a trailblazer. I feel like this is where you would play some sort of sound clip. <laughs> is that royalty free? <laughs> it is <laughs> royalty free. Um, so that's that's the crowd. We did invite our studio audience yet again. We charged them twelve dollars at the door, which is a dollar more than last time, um, and we filled up the room. There's what are you a- gonna do with your six bucks? <laughs> what are you gonna, well um personally i'm saving it up at some point i want to be able to buy something fancy for the soundbite segment coming later um but today it will be a soundbites and also a sound slurp segment it's our favorite segment of the show how does a crown fi- crowd feel oh yeah the crowd loves it thank you so much for coming out we appreciate it um you guys are you're, you're holding us together <laughs> This is exactly what you were hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks so much for doing this with me. <laughs> Answer the question, Stephen. <laughs> it's the question. It's a, it's a hot one, too. <laughs> that would be... That's probably not... Um, you probably can't buy the rights to that, but that would be a great soundbite to have his... Answer the question, Stephen. No, I was thinking of Josh saying, "Oh, this is a hot one too." <laughs> you hear the sound as he rubs a pepper across his nose. Going into high school as a freshman, I think I'm clipping a little bit. Wonderful. Going into high school as a freshman, I was I was the oldest child, so I was a guinea pig naturally. So I don't. It was awful. But I don't put a lot of blame on my parents or anybody because they were doing what they thought was best. And that's all we kind of do at the time. We take the information that is available to us in our life right now and we make a decision based on it and we run with that. And so that's what they did. It was tough. I The tougher part was moving. Um, there was a significant family move happens right as I was entering into puberty and that... Uh, mm. Excuse me. That was a sound bite. <laughs> sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> do you laugh this much every time you do a sound bite? <laughs> Not every time. I just love that. That was probably my favorite one. I think it's so funny. All right. There was a, a significant move that happened when I was uh, younger and entering into puberty. So that at the time where it becomes really important to socialize your children, we moved to a place where I was not able to get that socialization. And yeah, at a crucial period in a somebody and a boy who's growing up, I had no friends and no kind of social circle or activities of any kind. And that turns out not good for a young boy. Yeah, so I was very socially delayed, probably all the way up through college. You can probably hear this. I'm fidgeting. Hmm. So I was pretty socially delayed all the way up through college. So high school was terrible. The first two years of high school were awful. And plus, I was a believer at that point, sort of, but I didn't really understand it. As I don't know, very few males, I think, do understand it while they are in uh, early high school. Some of them do the excuse me, the exceptionally mature ones. But, and um, so the first two years of high school were terrible, but then I got a job between my, my the summer of, after my sophomore year, I got a job at Taco Bell, baby. Mm. And it was a great job and I had... That's for Taco Bell. That goes out for my general manager at that job, who's mm. um, really astounding, very good very good first boss to have and i took my first paycheck and i cashed it it was 120 dollars or something and i went straight to hollister in the mall <laughs> and i spent it all on clothes and that year that school year i realized that since i had a little bit of disposable income and i could buy nice clothes people really started treating me nicer and then the job gave me experience interacting with people really? and so it was a good it was a good upward trend overall and i learned that it affects how i think about children 
I have a long, a lot of experience working in youth ministry or volunteering in youth ministry, I should say. I've never really gotten paid for it. And it makes me think, you know, we don't want kids to judge themselves or to be judged by what they wear. But at the end of the day, kids are judged by what they wear. Yeah, for sure. And I want kids, this might seem shallow, but I want kids to be able to wear stylish, nice clothes just because they're not mature enough yet to understand that this doesn't affect their self-worth. All they know that they get their self-worth by how they're treated and people are treated differently based on what clothes they wear. So that was um, a short answer or a long answer to a short question. Well, no, I appreciate that answer because I think that too many people pretend like high schoolers have some high level of maturity and being able to understand these things. And like there's the whole... Who pretends like high schoolers have a high level of maturity? Not pretends. I think there's an assumption that's made by like, um, not necessarily teachers, but like there's the whole like anti-bullying campaign and all this stuff. And it's like, just because you say it to somebody who's in high school doesn't mean that they care at all what you're saying. Like you can say, hey, bullying people is bad and all this stuff. But like as much as high schoolers aren't stupid, like they're not like there is something to be said for having life experiences and being able to recognize how things affect you and what, how what you're doing affects other people. So I think it takes a long time. It took a long time for me to recognize like I was a bad friend. Like I just didn't listen to people or care about people that much. Mm. Um, and so now like being older and like going back and like talking. To when those did people, you realize that you were a bad friend? People who hate interrupting will probably hate. No, I like episode. interruptions. Yeah. When did you realize you were a bad friend and what made you realize that? Um, do I, the the multitude of listeners know how old you are? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, we said early twenties earlier. Twenty four. Okay, um, is my age. So, I think that it's something you can fiddle with. That I don't care. I like, don't want there to be a clicking in the backgrounds that those with perceptive ears can hear. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like. As much as I'm doing this and it's cool to like have an audience, if I ever do have more than just me listening to this because I haven't published anything yet, like mostly this is for me. Like that's the point of this is like I am doing this because I enjoy having conversations with people. And so it's, it provides me like an outlet and stuff. And so if you want to, if that's going to help you focus, because I know it helps me to like be doing stuff like that, um, then do it. Like, where's my fidget spinner? (laughs) Just like, just in the background, just super loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bad friend. Bad friend. Bad friend is my least favorite superhero. Um, He was in the Avengers movies. (laughs) You remember Iron Man, Black Widow, and Bad Friend. They always call him and he never come. The terrific trio, as I recall. Was there like a boo sound effect that you can play? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I do over time want to get more and more sound making devices because I forgot to bring it, but I have like a bell that you have at a diner where you like ding, 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 like for order up that I have for the guest that you can ring at any point, which is very funny. And then I want to get a slide whistle. Have you ever used a slide whistle? They're so fun. No, but I've used the sound effect before. Because I think it would be fun to like have somebody who's over there and then I'm talking and just go, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, uh, bad friend. Uh, <laughs> I think that I realized it because I was friends with some people in high school um, and in, like middle school through high school from youth group and stuff like that. And then I 
like was no longer friends with him and I didn't know why. And then I realized over time, like, oh, looking back at the way that I was interacting with them, I was very like, it was all them reaching out to me and never me reaching out to them Mm. and stuff like that. And so I kind of recognized like, oh, this is a very mutual thing. And so I was, I'm the people that I'm still friends with now are people that were not like involved in my everyday life when I was young, which I think says something to the fact that I didn't know how to be friends with somebody when I was young. Well, people just naturally lose contact with the majority of their social circle once they graduate high school too i wouldn't say that reflects on your quality as a friend yeah and it's not like i was a terrible person like i wasn't bullying people but it was just there were definitely aspects of myself that i look at now and i'm like oh this is i don't like that i was that way like i had a friend who Mm. started dating someone that i didn't think was a person that he should date and so it was like eighth grade um and I made it very clear to him that I did not think that he should be dating this person. And then I was just kind of, like, that was just kind of it. And so that was just not, a, I didn't approach it in a healthy way. Because, like, I don't know why I treated dating like it was the end of the world at that point. I was like, if you start Because it is the end of the world at that point. <laughs> yeah, but I treated it like it was the end of the line. Like, if you're dating somebody, you're going to marry them. Because and that's so, how, as evangelicals, we're brought up to think that way. It's yeah. It's natural. Yeah, for sure. And so that's kind of my mindset, but that's like wasn't his mindset and wasn't most people's mindsets, which I think it's not a very healthy thing to think in eighth grade, like I have to marry this person, which is not to say that they shouldn't be a person that you possibly could get married to. But yeah, so I just there was little things like that that I did where I was like, oh, that was not a good way to do that. And so like that kind of chiseled away at the friendship that I had with him and like other things like that. And I'm sure there was other stuff as well. But yeah, Hmm. bad friends. Sometimes me, sometimes others. And then as adults, there are also bad friends. Why did this is you have to do all sound effects into the microphone. If you I got already, a burp, rip it I in already there. burped once. Don't you want any female <laughs> listeners at any point? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at our exhausted, <laughs> exhaustively researched strategy for rolling out this podcast. <laughs> What yeah. does Cooper always talk about? I want to like diss Cooper a little bit. If he's your, if he's your <laughs> consistent guest, your co-host sounds like yeah. At this point, kind of. If he's your unofficial co-host, then I need to throw some shade and some heat. Um, Cooper talks about aliens a lot. We talked about aliens like the whole first episode. Do you think aliens are real? I, I think that a god who is infinitely creative. I think that a God that is infinitely creative would have had the capacity to create other life forms, other, like we're bound as humans by the laws of nature and physics that we understand. Yeah. But God is not bound by any of those things. And we're bound by time as well. God's not bound by any of those things. And so who's to say that he didn't create not only aliens that would reside within this kind of set of physics that we know about the universe now, but whole other kind of dimensions or beings or i guess i was thinking of like lovecraftian stuff but not um malef- malevolent yeah non-malevolent lovecraftian creatures that exist in a completely different reality than our own so i don't know if i believe in aliens or not but i believe in the possibility that they could exist who's to say if god's infinitely creative Nothing would stop him from 
materializing things from his word. Mm -hmm. I don't like the argument, um, which is not one that you made, but the argument that some Christians make that's aliens don't exist because if they did, we'd hear about it in scripture. And then it's like, well, like scripture was not written by a, like a, like a, with a scientific point of view of saying like, I'm going to like, like the creation story is not a specific, like this is exactly how it happened every single day. Like you just can't talk about it that way because we don't understand how God works. Cough into the microphone next time. Okay. This is a podcast. I want to hear the noises. <laughs> I told you I'm trying to be like Tazon day and move away from the mic to breathe. Mm. Tazon day. What a classic guy. I bet he has a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Just way too many math on socks. So, uh, Wait, I thought you were onto something good before I derailed it with an obscure comment. No, I was just talking about how I don't think that the, like, Christians who argue that if we, we should know everything from the Bible, like, anything outside of the Bible doesn't, like, matter, or, like, doesn't, like, if if the Bible didn't talk about it in the creation story, then blah. It's like, well, that that's not true, because the creation story wasn't written by, like, a scientist who was trying to describe exactly how God made everything. And so I'm not like bashing seven day creationists, but I am saying that you can't, in my mind, you can't make the argument that that is the only way to interpret that scripture. But there are like seven day creationists, many of them that I've talked to are very hard on that. They're like, this is it. And if you don't believe in this, we don't believe in the same God. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Yoinks. And so I've known Christians who have left churches because the pastors didn't come out strong enough in favor of seven day creationism. To me, that... That almost seems to me to reflect a lack of comprehensive knowledge about the scriptures. It seems more like exclusively interpreting the scriptures through a Western lens Mm. rather than seeing them in context. I mean, the Bible says at the end of the day, I have a hard time with people asking questions that are particularly about things that the Bible doesn't specifically address and liking to postulate theories and argue with people about those. And at the end of the day, God told us everything we needed to know. He told us everything he wants us to know. There's, like, don't don't try to, like, have conversations about the gray areas in the Bible until you know everything about everything that's actually there. Because there's so much to there's it. So much. Yeah. Well, that's that's helpful to a certain degree, but then at the same time, like, there's so much gray area that's pertinent to life. So, like, transgender and that whole movement and debate. Let's get on. <laughs> let's get super divisive. We're already talking about religion, which is top ten things to make a podcast successful. Is talk about religion and divisive things. But transgender is like the Bible does never talk about that. Like, arguably, there are a couple spots where you can get into weird theoretical ideas, but it doesn't ever specifically talk about the way that. Christians should be interacting with those who are transgender. Like, are we talking transgender people who are who claim to be saved or who are unbelievers? Because that's Either. a that's a huge distinction. Because in the Bible, at least in all of the scripture that I've read, well, I mean, I've read all of it, but in all of it that I like remember and has is effectively filtered into my brain. Yeah, we are called to be to be open and loving and accepting to non-believers, forgive them for they don't know what they do. But 
for people who claim to be believers, then you can start. Like I'm reading through the uh, the epistles right now, and mm-hmm. Paul pulls out the heavy artillery sometimes for people who claim to be believers, but aren't living that way. So I think if it's a transgender person who is not a believer, then you treat them how like Christ treated everybody. I think I'm moving away from the mic. You treat them how Christ treated everybody, and you don't judge them to the thing, to like God's standards yet. Well, not that you don't judge them to God's standards, but you don't kind of hold them over the coals yet because they're, right. they don't even claim to be a believer. Yeah, the, the point that I was making is simply that the Bible never has the word transgender in it. Oh. Like, <laughs> so you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, and so there's something to be said for the fact that Yes, that is how we should be treating people who are Christian or non-Christian that are transgender. But the Bible doesn't ever give, like, specific things. Like, the Bible talks very specifically about how to deal with other things. You know, like, um, if I have a friend who's eating food sacrificed to an idol, I know exactly what to do based on the Bible. Because that's, I mean, I deal with that daily um, at my job. There are idols there that line the door, and we have to be uh, working with those people. Um, which is uh, it's a very Wait, the people are the idols no we have actual idols oh that are at the doors that we sacrifice food to um and i have to every day walk in there and just eat my lunch and not sacrifice it. and we have that conversation i so, learned i learned something crazy the other the other day and i'm probably going to butcher it as i say it but the whole rule in the ten commandments about not um, building for yourselves an image, not making for yourselves an image. Like we are obviously the image of God, spiritually speaking, put upon the earth. And we're not supposed to make images. Oh crap. You know, let's forget it. No, I wanted, I wanted it so bad. I got, I was tracking. I got nothing. I'm not tracking. Well, oh crap. So we're the image of God on the world. We're not supposed to make images other than, but yet God made an image and an image of himself and put it on the earth. See, that's where it ends. Ooh. It goes nowhere. I am, I'm kind of deep into a lot of theological rabbit trails at this point in my life, and I know a fairly small amount about all of them. Yeah, it's so hard to like, I don't know. I think that as I get older and I, as I get <laughs> in my infinite wisdom, as I'm getting older. I mean, you're wiser than you used to be, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Um, Flowers for Algernon. <laughs> That's actually very offensive. <laughs> I apologize to all of our rat listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all of our rat listeners. Um, the, there is a pretty big demographic there. I actually, I... I do want to apologize for making a fairly tasteless joke. I don't get it. Flowers for Algernon. Did you have to read it in high school? I did. It's about a mentally handicapped man who takes a, I believe, a pill from 15 years ago, from what I remember, becomes smart, and it's written in the first person, so he has terrible grammar and a lot of spelling errors and stuff at the beginning gets very intellectual towards the middle but then something happens so that the pill stops working or his condition kind of catches up to it and he regresses again towards the end i believe algernon is this a rat who was like a in the same lab as him being tested for different things or something so yeah oh 
So I, I use the term flowers for Algernon as a reference to getting dumber as you get older, oh. which is what okay. happens to All this right. person. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, in my infinite wisdom. Yes. Um, in my <laughs> What was that that Trump tweeted? He treated, tweeted oh, no. my, in my literally about the issue in Turkey. He said, in my if I, in my, quote, great and unmatched wisdom, <laughs> like literally verbatim, and then talked about like, if I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, see them doing something I disagree with, I'll destroy their economy. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> big yikes. Um, so divisiveness. There we go. How do you feel about where where do you stand politically? I am starting to become more and more left leaning. But at the same time, I don't I don't know. I think that I was like everybody else who thinks that they're one thing. And then over time, I think that I'm another thing. And so I was like, I was almost like single issue in the sense of like, as you lean forward, like you were going to slurp toward the mic <laughs> and I wanted you to, and then you did not I want you to be able to finish this thought. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I pulled up that sound effect so long ago and it was never a good time so I wanted to play it so I was I thought I was Republican holy crap an alien <laughs> it was just the it end was, of it it disappeared it flew away real fast oh goodbye <laughs> Um, so I was just like, as a, as a Christian boy in rural Ohio, I was just assuming that, um, well not assuming, but my state of being was, oh, because of these issues like homosexuality and abortion, I'm like almost a single or two issue voter Yeah. in that sense. And then over time, like looking at the policies and looking at more stuff, I think I'm starting to lean, well, I'm definitely leaning more democratic, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. How much talk about the Bible and Christianity is there on an average episode of this? Because I know it's not a Christian podcast necessarily, but it is just a kind of life podcast with some people who are believers in it. Yeah, as much as it's really, this is just depending on the person. It could be a lot or not at all. Not a lot. Like we could okay. go really deep and I would love it. I'm not that smart, or we honestly. Could, well, no, you are though. Um. Don't talk down to yourself. <laughs> Do you not understand why that makes sense? Because aliens are always talking down to us because they're 10 feet tall. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you kind of marinate in that for a while. <laughs> I'll be back in 10 seconds. <laughs> um, nine, eight, <laughs> three. And here's a little bit of... I'm back. <laughs> I should have taken a drink of water. I almost lost it. Um, I don't have any idea what we were talking about before. Boy, I also could go for some water. Mm, how's the crowd feel? <laughs> Oh, man. You know, they say drink from the well. And that's really what we're all about here on the Water Only Podcast. Sounded like you were a (laughs) DJ on some CCM station. (laughs) Like one of the way too quiet ones. (laughs) I don't know, like a late night DJ. 
I do like the idea of um, Christian DJs just playing Christian worship songs. <laughs> so, That's all they do play. Isn't that it? I've never heard a Christian DJ, but not. not oh, I guess I'm thinking of a disc jockey as in a radio personality. Oh, I'm thinking of a DJ like they go to a party. It's like a house party, and instead of playing, bust out the Phillips Craig and Dean baby. <laughs> yeah, it's Stephen Curtis Smith. <laughs> I can't even think of any. Stephen songs. Curtis Chapman, you mean? Yeah, what's the other one? I oh no, I don't know. Uh, Michael Michael W. W. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Oh Michael man, w. Chapman, Stephen Curtis Smith. Tis almost. Well, I don't know when this will be released, but right now, it, the holiday season is quickly approaching, and I love Michael W. Smith's first Christmas album from back in the early '90s or late '80s. It's really, really good. What songs are on there? Um, it's a bunch of. The the most famous one is the uh, is Gloria, which I think oh, that yeah. still gets some radio play. It better. Gloria, oh Gloria, that one. The one with the heavy techno beat in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hard style kind of remix <laughs> of um, the the Christmas classic. Um, that's a really good album though, and he has full orchestras and bands. And he wrote actually some of the some of the songs on it, most of the songs on it, and he wrote them in Latin, which I think is very cool. Ooh. Yeah, he wrote songs in Latin. Oh, I didn't even know that. Anybody who's smart listening to the podcast <laughs> is probably turned off by now. So thank <laughs> you, thank you to our one listener remaining who left it on while they went to like change the laundry or something in the laundry room. We appreciate you. You know what? I'm talking Janet. to you, Rachel. Oh, Janet. Rachel, Janet. Janet, Rachel. Aren't those both characters on Friends? I haven't. Oh, I'm I've... thinking of Janice. The... Janice? Yeah. Um. On Friends, Chancellor's on again, off again girlfriend. And she's very, she wears big, luxurious fur coats. She's probably my favorite character by the end. Have you watched all of it? Yeah, I watched it with my now wife when we were dating Mm. Was that because you had to or because you wanted to? It was because I wanted to... We like very different media. I enjoy dark and desolate (laughs) sci-fi, cyberpunk, stuff like that. And We're talking Dora the Explorer. We're talking Bob the Builder. (laughs) We're talking Michael W. Chapman. (laughs) You're really dating yourself with what in your mind are kids shows they just released a live action movie about dora no way yeah i Gross. well it's either about to come out or it has come out already we're talking pj masks we're talking what that's like that mila watched that when she was in her house we're talking pj masks we're talking uh bill and the magic diaper <laughs> that's not a show but it sounds like it that's could what be. i'm talking about baby <laughs> And this is the sound bite of a person closing a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> that was, if that were it. <laughs> that's, that's the sound of closing a diaper with no one in it. Airtight. <laughs> um, I'm fairly left-leaning politically. Are you? Okay. Yeah, in almost every we can be single friends. regard... Well, I don't. I actually read this book called 
this is uh, switching lanes again, but I read this book not long ago called, it was a while ago, and also I didn't finish it, but <laughs> I read the first two thirds of this book. Well, I listened to the audio book. <laughs> You've lied so many times. I read. Correction. This I book. told the truth so many times. <laughs> yeah. I read, clarified. I listened to the first two thirds of this audio book called. <laughs> Called Deep Church. Are you about to play the sound bite? <laughs> I can see your beady little eyes looking at the screen as you navigate over. Yeah, Ooh, I do need like a little. You're really tickled by the sound bites. <laughs> they kill me. They make me laugh so hard. Yeah, which is why I want. I never I... would have guessed. <laughs> I want the guests to have sound-making things, which is why the bell is so fun. I have two sound-making things on me right now. Do it. Get it. Where? where? On you right now? In yeah. In your pockets? Pull uh, them out. Sort of you know, on my pockets. <laughs> on my pockets? Well, so they're like part of me. <laughs> is it your mouth? Is your mouth in your hands? Is that no. two sound-making things? No. Wow. <laughs> my mouth and my beehole. Well, debatably, that's three then. Does each hand count as a sound making thing? Because you can snap. I can't snap. You can't snap? No, I've never been able to. Ooh. I hate to bring it down so deep and so desolate in <laughs> sci-fi with that reference to you not being able to snap. Speaking of desolate sci-fi. I know you're going to play the alien thing. <laughs> <laughs> it so, needs to be quicker. I need hotkeys. Conversation <laughs> therapy has four sound effects. Hey, you haven't heard this one yet. Listeners, please email to... Can't hear you over the sound of this ad that we're playing right now. Oh! Are we are we doing sponsors? Are we taking this an This episode break? is sponsored by Tomatoes. Find them in your garden if they're ripe. <laughs> Every day I walk out to my garden. Uh, this is uh, Farmer Bill. Uh, every day I walk out to my garden and I see that there's not a lot of tomatoes because it's the fall time. Hey, Bill! Hey, hey, oh. What are you doing out here? Oh, hey! It's the middle of November. <laughs> well, Where's that music coming from, Bill? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Bill, my friend. Bill, you're two majors <laughs> diving the frost. Where'd all my... T- uh, okay. Well, this episode was Wasn't sponsored. Wasn't supposed to sp- <laughs> sponsor something of your friends? <laughs> Well, they were supposed to sponsor this podcast, but they're all gone, so that's it. Anyways, thanks so much to our sponsor, Tomatoes. Why'd the music stop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bill, I'm a feared. Woo! <laughs> I'm a feared. I'm mighty petrified. <laughs> Dude, I'm just jamming to this music. What if this was just an hour of me playing this music and not saying anything, just jamming out? Just imagine, so for an image of Michael, imagine sort of a, a pudgy kind of like a, a middle-aged No, <laughs> dude, don't sell yourself short. I'm going to say like a, a a Brad Pitt in the mid-2000s kind of... <laughs> holding a tomato in one hand. Holding a tomato in Crying one hand. Because he's laughing. Laughing with gleeful abandon, dancing before the Lord with all his might. Mm. Um, My watch band was sweating. 
subtle flex about having a watch. <laughs> Not to brag, but I have like, whoa. I, the production value is just skyrocketing <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Whew, I mean, I did get a if you, if tomato from your fridge. <laughs> Janet, if you came back from the laundry and are still listening, what are you doing? <laughs> Rachel, go like take a nap I know or what you're something. Doing and you need go, to like, stop. <laughs> go, I don't know, do something worthwhile with your time. <laughs> <laughs> What if that's you spend the whole time just trying to convince people not to listen? Okay, really, we talk about religion too much, and we're not really that smart. And then we brought up politics and said about one thing about it, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Not to mention we're Christians that are left leaning, so we are the one percent. Here's how I feel about it, and I don't like to talk about this because it's. I don't fully understand it, and every time I bring it up, the person with whom I bring it up has takes umbrage with some part of it. And so, and you might, and that's fine. I don't care. But the way I see it, why are we trying to legislate morality? Mm. And I am not, I know I'm not the first person to think that or say that, but, um, okay. Yeah. How, how to best set it up? What? Like with the gay marriage thing? Gay marriage. I mean, abortion. I don't, like, I don't really care. Any sort of thing, I am pretty much fine with it being legalized. Because the way I see it, excuse me, the way I see it, God is, oh, excuse me again, sorry. Um, Tolos tomatoes. God cares so much about the state of people's hearts, not the state of their actions. Mm. So I don't understand why, and like if, um, I forget where it is in scripture, but scripture says like, if you've broken one law, you've broken all of them. It's in one of Paul's letters, I think. Mm -hmm. And which me, um, so essentially there is no, like the things that human beings see as worse. I mean, granted there are some crimes that I think on a human standard are definitely worse, but in, in God's eyes, like Christian, Christians saying that certain things should be legal or illegal in God's eyes, um, if we were to try to make illegal everything that is, oh man, this everything is, that's opposed to God's law. Yeah, like everything that's opposed to God's perfection. law. Let's outlaw like lying or anything that could disrespect another person or anything like that. So I don't care if if it's legal for somebody to for gay people to get married because. Like, it's the heart that matters, not mm. necessarily the actions. So why are we trying to take unsaved people and make them behave like saved people? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the, <clears throat> the tough thing is that you have people who are very politically conservative who will, like, equate, um, like, they take it and they say, well, if we're going to let gay people get married, what's next? You're going to be marrying your dog or your sister? And, like, it's like, well, and, like, that whole idea and even getting into, like, polygamy and things like that or, like, trying to equate things that don't that aren't really the same because in like well i understand what you're saying but like <clears throat> legislating morality is also like saying don't kill people yeah like, no. which is inherently moral but like it's just these other things that are that you and i view as i'm assuming view as secondary things right this isn't like if you are gay you are not inherently hurting anybody else right you're not 
Yeah. Like uh, in, in the worldly view, like not necessarily a Christian view, but like in the worldly view, you're not hurting anybody else if you're gay. But like Christians will make the argument that like you're hurting other people. And so that's why. And it's like, no, like that you're stretching. You're, you're trying to reach somewhere. And so like, yeah. Yeah. Why was that funny? I just thought it said you're stretching. And then it's like you ran out of words. So you said you're trying to reach somewhere, <laughs> which is stretching. <laughs> you're stretching, you know, you're trying to reach something. You're grasping for something that's a little too far away. Your arms are going to have to get a little you're, bit longer. You're extending <laughs> your limbs. You're doing the opposite of compressing. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? So I haven't fully figured it out. And I think that's just because I haven't sat down and taken the time to it. Maybe because I don't want to have to deal with all the little like bullet points that I'm going to find in that'll trouble me. But I'm fairly, I'm pretty like moral not morally but um socially and politically and definitely financially or um fiscally i guess i'm fairly democratic across the board and i do not think i think that that is compl- i think that you can still try your hardest to live by what the bible says and still think that way. I don't think there's as I don't think there's that much as much correlation between or as much um parallelism between conservative politics and biblical Christianity as people might think. Well, arguably there's very little in common. Like in my mind I think that the more that I look at the way that conservatism and capitalism and like God's law have all been pushed together. It's like Jesus was not about that stuff. Like he just wasn't <clears throat> like for a lot of the things that we uphold as being like, these are traditional American and Christian values. It's like, no, like that's actually not a Christian value. That's an American value. And like, we try to equate, you know, evangelicalism with capitalism, with Christianity, with like conservatism and all this stuff. And mm. it's, I don't know, like, Jesus was like, somebody wants your coat, give them your, give them your pants, give them everything. Like, he fed people because they needed food, and he did all this stuff, like, which is not to say that he was, like, a socialist necessarily, but, like, the more that you look at the way that Jesus operated, like, he was pacifist and all of these other things that are not, like, Christian, or not, are not um, conservative American values. And so, like, if I'm trying to say that Christianity, evangelicalism specifically, and um, the Republican Party are one and the same, or even have similar founding values, like, no, that, I'm not, I, that, I don't jive with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's easy for us to say stuff and agree with each other. It's, it's, it's uncomfortably close to an echo chamber, yeah. honestly. Um, I was thinking about this this week. So... I realize, and I will try to say it more concisely and clearly than I told the last person to whom I explained this, because I really stumbled over it for them. But, but that was your practice. Here we go. Hopefully, <laughs> get some of that thinking water in there. <laughs> Are you not? I'm gonna... waiting for you to play an alien <laughs> thing or something. <laughs> I wasn't gonna play anything. I was just drinking. Um, I realize. Okay, so I think millennial believers 
are in a way trying to be trying to cur- trying to right the wrongs of the previous generation or two of Christians before them. As in my parents and my grandparents, they're known for judgment. They're known for God's judgment, not God's love. So we need to kind of push back against that and be very much again about God's love. And to the point where, at least in my life, I think I've been so loving that I'm afraid to even like bring up the realities of judgment and um, the realities of like what God, who God is and what he says has happened and will happen with people. But the point being, I wonder, and I think we kind of, when you get to be some sort of adults, at least mentally, then you start looking at your parents and you start think you start realizing things where, oh, this is a way, this is a way that I am because my parents were that way and I don't want to be that way now. And so yeah. you try to consciously correct against that or like course correct for that. But I was wondering if or thinking about maybe that just leads to a uh. this is gross, dude. <laughs> Someone's going to have to talk into this microphone after me. Probably me. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe that just leads to kind of a, a ping-ponging back and forth because whatever a generation or two that comes after, for lack of a, a better term, like our generation, they're, they might, like, we're not going to get it completely right. So maybe they're going to say, ooh, we got a course correct for the millennials yeah. um, because here's what they did. And I started thinking... Maybe this is just, maybe this is what we inherently tend to do, which is correcting for the people before us. Maybe it's not actually any better um, because we're still basing a lot of our Christian behavior and theology in a way is based on, not on the Bible necessarily, but on what came before us. Our worldview, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, our worldview is kind of reacting to someone before us. Yeah, it's inherently informed by the people that raised us. Yeah, and I was think I forget what led me to think about this, but I am wondering I don't want my I don't want my worldview to be based on anything except for the Bible. Mm. So I forget what we were talking about that led no. me to that. Maybe politics we're about this or now. I like this topic of conversation. Um, maybe politics or something, but that's interesting because I think that like it's impossible for your worldview, like it, because we're human, like your worldview can't just be informed by the Bible. It's going to have all this other stuff in there, mm-hmm. and you can like continually be working to train yourself. And you have probably a decade or two of worldview building before you can truly under like start to have a real deep understanding of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. I think that there is something to be said for that they're like history repeats itself. And, you know, like we, we will push one way and then we'll push the other way. And that's just kind of how life works. Um, but then at the same time, I think that, well, I don't know if dad ever said it to you, but like when I got married, he told me it was, it was at some point in that whole process, like basically when I was becoming an adult and he was like, Hey, be a better husband than you think that I was and be a better father than you think that I was, mm. which is a very intense thing to say to your son but I think that I respected that so much because he was saying like, I know I wasn't perfect and I know that you have seen things about me that aren't perfect, but 
when you are a father and a husband be better than I was. And then mm-hmm. every generation is going to look at their parents and be like, Oh, I didn't like the way they did this. Like, I think that our parents were tended to be more on the strict side. Yeah. And so I'm probably going to be more relaxed with my children, but then maybe my children are going to be like, Oh, my dad, let me get away with everything. And so I'm going to be more harsh with my children or, or more strict or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's this rubber banding effect where you're pulling one way and then it's like, Oh no, we need to go the other way. And it's always like, finding the balance is so much of life like figuring out how do i sit in the middle and not go too far one way or the other yeah because that's like i don't know i think that in our lives and like in the people around me i haven't seen too much of like the overly judgmental stuff about christianity like i see it on the news because you know you got westboro baptist and you got these people out there doing terrible things yeah a vocal minority yeah in a, in a highly publicized vocal minority via the internet yeah it kind of supports that worldview of hating christians um and then you have what's up oh nothing okay um and then you have like the the whole idea of being in the middle as a Christian is like, obviously my worldview is informed by where I am. Like I'm in rural Ohio. And so I, I don't know. have a lot of diversity here. Yeah. And I wish that there were more diversity and I want to get, <laughs> I want to get more people on this podcast that I will be able to like have more diverse conversations with instead of just like you said, almost a bit of an echo chamber. Cause that's not what I want. Like mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this conversation. I really am. Like I, I'm having so much fun, but at the same time, like I want to be almost uncomfortable in that sense. Like I want to be yeah, sitting next to somebody who's challenging me um, and who's across from me that like I can be friends with and I can respect, but who also is like fundamentally disagrees with the way that I am, mm-hmm. um, the way that I think. So I don't know. I think there's something to be said for everyone finding their own way. Yeah. Well, there's really almost no other way to do it. Um, the book that I was talking about a long time ago, I guess it circled back to that. Um, the book I listened to two thirds of the audiobook for was called Deep Church. And it talked about two methods of church, which I think were the traditional church and the emergent church. And it was a lot Ooh. about church culture in general and about how maybe this is what kind of set that seed in my mind kind of inceptioned me with that although not inception successfully because now i realize it but classic the book talked a lot about the traditional church and the way that it is in the emergent church which is trying to be different from that and uh, it talked a lot about church disagreements and disagreements for, of different christian factions um, did it hate on the emergent church or what, what was it no it it just it said both of these movements are solving some issues and creating some issues and it made the case for a third way Mm. called the deep church which and that's actually the part i didn't get to but (laughs) (laughs) um the case for a a type of church that takes some elements like it talked a lot about um the traditional church has songs and hymns that are theologically complex and rich and a lot of times lifted straight from scripture although i guess a lot of uh, modern songs are too but the music in general is much more fitting i think lyrically and compositionally Mm -hmm. to yahweh the creator god than is something 
that is lyrically and theologically more simplistic. And granted, you kind yeah. of change with the times, but and it so it it said like, oh, the traditional church does some things well. The emergent church does some things well, like being more open and trying to be more culturally aware. But it it pushed towards a a third church, which I cannot speak about because I didn't finish the book. Well, I'm just going to listen to the last third, and then that way between the two of us we'll have half of an understanding. Okay. I mean, I'll <laughs> technically have two-thirds of an understanding, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, technically, you'll still be less. So there's that. Um, yeah, the emergent church is an interesting discussion because I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big nerd, and I think that you're kind of a nerd as well when it comes to, like, Bible things because, like, most people wouldn't listen to that audiobook and love it. I'm, I'm getting there. It's something has been birthed in me recently by... Um, couple like a confluence of events in my life but yeah yeah and i think that i'm like i'm learning to like the whole like when you're a kid it's just like do you like fiction or non-fiction and then you never really think about like what do i actually like care about in life like and as a kid i read every book at the library about snakes because i like snakes so much yeah thought they were so cool and i loved like all reptiles and amphibians and so that was my favorite spot at the columbus zoo was the reptile house and then now that I'm older, I'm like, what do I care about? Like, what am I interested? Like, what what kind of a book is going to hold my attention to the whole thing? So I've read a couple books recently, read with my eyes, not my ears. I'm, I haven't done a lot of ear reading, um, which it sounds like you've done a lot of, which I need to get into. But I just listen to more podcasts than I do audiobooks. Yeah, it's more just that I'll fall asleep or choose to do something else. You can't multitask while you read a book. That's I love true. multitasking while I listen to books. I'm so bad at multitasking. Like at work, if I, I have a couple Christian podcasts that I'm listening to that I can't, like I have to pause them when I'm doing stuff that requires brain functions because I can only be focusing on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, men typically are not as good um, psychologically or physiologically or whatever at multitasking as women are. Yeah. But no one actually multitasks because the brain doesn't work that way. Women are just better at switching from one thing to the other and remembering what they were doing before, which uh, I'm terrible at. Hmm. Anyways, um, I forget what I was talking about. Case in point. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the books like the books that I'm starting to like reading as an as an adult of yeah. like I read a book um, called God and the Transgender Debate. Great book. Ooh. Um, you can I actually got it for Christmas last year, so you can have it or like read it if you want to because I, I loved it? it so much. Can you read it to me and record it? Mm, next episode of the podcast is going to be me reading this book, the whole thing, and sending it to David. I would love to read it, but I just have to accept that the way my life is now, I I listen to books. I don't read them. And it limits yeah. me, but I still have a lot of really rich stuff that I find. Yeah, for sure. So like uh, talking about like what books do I enjoy reading? What do I care about? And I'm finding that I really like reading about church and not necessarily church organization but like how to be better improving to be a better member of the church and for like different ways that the church works and like recognizing that some people that i idolized five years ago and i thought were so genius i now excuse me i now look at their there should be a a a cutoff at which point, because someone's going to listen to this and be like, wait, they were five times in an hour. Is this standard for people? Is this, Are guts okay? Is this like... <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Keys, baby. Um... Oh, so the, pers- the person I'm thinking of is John MacArthur. Yeah. Um, did you see anything that he did recently? Nope. Um, what he done? 
there's a few different things, but one of them was he, they were doing this word association thing. So he was like on this panel and this year was like, I'm going to say a word and then you're going to say what comes to mind after it. And he goes, he says, I feel like I'm being set up and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. And the, like the guy who's like interviewing him is like, I kind of am. Ha ha. And like, everyone's joking. But then the first word he says is Beth Moore. Do you know who that is? Yeah. And so he says Beth Moore and then John McCarthy, like everyone laughs. And then John McCarthy's laughing. He goes, well, I don't know if I should say what I think I should. And then he was like, well, no, just say whatever came to mind if, you, if you're comfortable. And he goes, go home. And that was his word association with Beth Moore. And then he went on to talk about, he said almost verbatim, verbatim, there is no biblical case that can be made for a women pastor, um, which is a very hardline stance, a very conservative stance on this view that I don't agree with. What's a Pauline stance? Kind of. Kind of like you could, there are ways that you can look at that, that don't necessitate only men as pastors. Mm. And so like there's, there's stuff in there that I disagree with and like just different things like that where it's, I just don't find myself falling in those camps. And so because of that, I am, I don't know, I'm kind of turned off to like that view of things because that's like, that gets so like, that's one of those issues that's secondary, right? I can go to a church where there's a woman pastor because I care about, are they preaching that Jesus died and that the Trinity is a thing? And like, that's what I care about. Jesus died and rose again. Like those are the, the off the table issues. Those have to be taught. And then who's teaching them is a secondary issue, but we treat it like it's a first, like a primary issue in Christianity when it's not. And that bothers me because that leads to more division and division leads to more denominations and more churches that can't get along. And then we, and the body starts being at war with itself and stops being able to function effectively, yeah. as effectively. So I'm like, I would rather err on the side of supporting a woman preacher than err on the side of, like, causing division in that regard, which is, like, maybe I'm wrong. But, like, five years ago and throughout going to school at Moody Bible, like, I was very, like, no, it's, like, we are not like we're complementary and not egalitarian or like the technical biblical terms or not, not even biblical, but I don't the, even know what those terms mean. Complementarian honestly. is like we complement each other. And so we have different distinct roles. And then egalitarian is like, we are equal in many things. And so we have equal roles in most things. Um, but it doesn't say in all things, right? It doesn't say that men and women are the same. Um, but it says that we can fulfill the same roles within a church environment. Um, and so I would have disagreed with that when I was in school and now I'm starting to agree with that more. Mm. And so even like looking at, well, how does that work within the organism of the church? And is that way of thinking better or worse? And like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm becoming more and more, I'm starting to care less and less about those secondary issues. Like I care about the primary stuff. And if you do some other stuff that is weird and foreign to me, uh, that's fine. Well, you have to choose to draw the line somewhere. Deep Church, this is actually why I first thought of the book Deep Church. Deep Church said that that man, I believe it was a pastor who wrote it or some high-ranking member of a fairly successful church. Successful. Um, right. But he said that his, um, what he lives by in terms of agreeing or disagreeing with believers is, are we united that the Apostles' Creed is truth and the Nicene Creed is truth. And that's kind of that's the top tier of what is really important because that's the foundational doctrine of Christianity. 
And if we are both, if we're, if we concur on those, then we're good gravy. But if we, and everything else is kind of secondary to that. So that's where he chose to draw the line. Yeah. At a certain point I studied those, but it's been a minute since I've looked at them. So I'd have to look at them. But yeah, if you want to pull that up, um, you entertain the people for entertain Janet for, <coughs> um, uh, <coughs> um, uh, I, all I have is sound effects. <laughs> I can't entertain anybody. Um, sing sweet victory. Uh, I'm more of a country boy. <laughs> it's the thrill of one. <laughs> Welcome back to Waiting for David to Pull Up the Creeds. It's a segment that we have every week where we wait for David to uh, pull up the creeds. Any type of creed. We're talking the most recent creed that came out in theaters or the one he's about to read right now. Thanks so much to the band. Because it's sweet. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. There's there's a 180. <laughs> mm. I believe in... Uh, this is the Apostles' Creed. It's one of the translations, because I don't believe it was originally written in English, maybe? I'm not sure. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, and some the translations say just like the Holy Church. Yeah. Um, the communion, of, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Mm. So that's the apostles on board. Yeah. Welcome back to the segment waiting for David to pull up the creeds. Similar but not the same as The Crudes, which is an average children's film that I found quite entertaining for my children. Uh, Also, we have Apollo Creed. You got it? Nope. Next song. Here we are. Band change. Still looking at the phone. The segment is getting longer and longer. I'm take my headphones off. Wait, you're still <laughs> speaking outside the headphones. I am definitely uh, still speaking. Know, Did you find the Nicene? Apparently, it might be kind of long. Yeah, it's if I remember correctly, it's very long. Are we still in the pulling up versions the in current liturgical use? Ecumenical versions. Uh, ooh, this one's kind of long, but to skim over it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't Let's know if I should skim over the Nicene <laughs> Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living the dead if you play something he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end we believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father 
Oh, I was almost done. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. How's from memory, too? Dude. I just had to fart while he said I was looking at my phone. Yeah, that's true. It was a long one. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm on board with all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's... I was a rabbit trail. Do you know, have I told you about um, the Bible as Jewish meditation literature? I don't think we talked about that. So you say you've been really um, enjoying books and resources about, what did you say you've been enjoying books and resources about? Um, it's a lot of different stuff. So I'm listening to... A podcast right now, which I think is similar to what you're talking about, called the Bema Podcast, B-E-M-A. Did you text me about it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is very cool because it talks about reading the Bible through an Eastern lens instead of a Western lens. Mm -hmm. And it talks, it's very specific about the Jewish traditions, the way that it was written for Jewish people. And like, talks about how, oh, when this was written, like the people who were going to be reading this for the first time, this is why it sounds this way. And this is why rest was talked about so much because they just worked for hundreds of years as slaves and like, like stuff like that, where like it gets very specific about that stuff. Um, so that's one thing that I'm really enjoying because it kind of switches my worldview and I'm like, I had so much wrong. Like I was viewing so many things in a, from a very Western point of view that are not written for a Western point of view. Yeah. But yeah, you don't realize how deep it goes until, yeah, until you try to. And even now, I'm realizing how deep it still goes. Yeah, I'll probably have to try to extract my Western worldview from my biblical worldview for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, and so I that's I'm loving that. And it's the podcast is like hundreds of episodes long right now. I'm on like Genesis three. <laughs> they go through the whole Bible. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so I'm so excited and it's like, it's so intense. There's so much stuff there. The way that it's designed is that this guy had been doing it for a while and like had discussion groups weekly with people. And so in the podcast, you're like, Oh, if you're anywhere near here and it's like someplace out in the middle of nowhere in like Wisconsin or something, it's like, if you're anywhere near here, near this, this week, shout out, to and apologies to our wisconsin listeners i don't think it's actually in wisconsin i forget where it's at but it's i love cheese but they're so. still offended and I'm, I'm offended on their behalf you know quite frankly <laughs> i take it i take that one on me that's one well i hope that janet wasn't from wisconsin because now we have zero people listening so we can say whatever we want finally we can talk about the deep house <laughs> or deep church Deep house. <laughs> I don't know anything about the deep church, dude. I told you I didn't finish the book. Well, I mean, you still have yours, so maybe you'll finish it someday. So they're in Wisconsin, which in your words is a godforsaken wasteland in the middle of nowhere where yeah. no life or culture exists. Mm -hmm. And in, <laughs> if I had hotkeys, I would play the alien sound effect. Um. <laughs> you can play it if you really want to. Uh, three, two, uh, one. <laughs> Welcome back to David making noises. <laughs> oh, you see that frog? It jumped across the mic. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to put the whole mic in your mouth. Just... I would never do that because some unfortunate soul is going to have to use this that's later. what a pop filter is for so, you know, i mean your podcast doesn't crap out after seven episodes <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, at this point, it's not even uploaded anywhere yet. It'd be like Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it's what? a really great anime that only has, I think, 24, 25 episodes. It only ran for one season. I've heard about that before. It's friggin' dope. I highly recommend it. Okay. <laughs> just not at all doing like the yes and thing. Just saying, yeah, that's fine. Yes okay. and is, I believe, originally an improv thing, which we're not doing. Well, improv. I think I think every conversation is improv. Like improv helps people learn how to talk to other people well because that like you have to listen to be able to improv with somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't just not listen to them and be like, and now I'm doing my own thing. Like yeah. you have to be interacting with people. So, what were you talking about? I don't know. We've Books just been or, yes. Oh yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, they do like a discussion every week for like three or four hours. They all get together and they Whoa. talk through whatever he talked about on the podcast. And that guy goes and like the his co-host goes as well. And so they talk about it. And that's the way it's designed. It's designed to be done in community where you are all kind of doing it together. And you're like, hey, let's listen to this and then let's talk about it. And then we'll listen and we'll Ooh. talk. And then they keep on doing that over and over and over again. And it lasts like forever until you are. Yeah. And it's, I love that idea. Nice. Because learning in community, I think, is extremely effective. Like, I'm not saying that learning by yourself isn't effective, but he talks about how, like, it's most effective if, like, you can process it with other people and, like, come to conclusions together. And he's not just spoon-feeding you stuff. He's, like, telling you and then, like, trying to get you to come to your own conclusions. Very Socratic in that sense. What? Socratic? Like the philosopher? Yeah. He was all about asking questions and letting people come to their own conclusions, which is kind of the best way of... The old... Methodist small group leader method. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I really like that because you were saying, uh, we were talking about stuff that we're into. Yes. And I was saying I'm into that. And you were talking about something that you were into that was about Eastern worldview. Well, it's pretty, it's similar, I guess. But I've lately, I've found myself really starting to nerd out a lot about the original languages in which the Bible was written and oh, yeah. extracting that from. Uh, current worlds, my world's view. I see you tinkering around on the keyboard, and I don't know if well, you're I'm about to play Well, I'm pulling up something. a clip for sound bites later. Um, I oh crap. Oh, and especially kind of tracing tracing rabbit trails through the Bible and seeing, and it's kind of through a variety of. Uh, books and just kind of thoughts and conversations and podcasts. Like I said this earlier, this confluence of events, God has been revealing to me the thread of like all the threads and strands that are woven throughout the Bible that truly make it a unified story and all these hyperlinks that you can follow all over the place. Like Mm. all the things, uh, a ton of the stuff Christ said is just kind of hyperlinks to stuff in the Old Testament and the writings of um, the prophets and Daniel and stuff. And I have really been enjoying just learning as much as I can about the Bible in that regard. And back to the original reason why I brought it up, which is the Bible. And I'm just essentially distilling down a, a video or a, a conversation by the Bible project. Yeah. If um plug for the Bible project has made me think more seriously about theology and about God in... What is that noise? Helicopter? (laughs) You hear the helicopter? All right, got it. The Bible Project has 
given me more things to think about and has done more for my personal theology in a year than 29 years of going to church has done. Oh, wow. Um, and they, they have this whole, they had this conversation about how the Bible is actually Jewish meditation literature, meaning that it is not, um, when we want stories, we want a beginning and an ending and some sort of chronological progression and things that get resolved and questions that get answered. But the Bible is apparently not intended to be the same sort of work. It's more intended as something that is to be read over and over again and molds over so that your mind kind of simmers all the stuff and connections are made. Excuse me. And that's one of the, excuse me again, sorry. When David talks about David the psalmist talks about, I meditate on your Lord day and night. Apparently, the word for meditation is is a word that conjures up this image of kind of muttering it to yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's the idea of chewing on it in your own mind. And whereas in our book, if, if the book asks a question, we want it to be answered either immediately or later on. But the Bible kind of gives us repeated patterns as we go through it. Um, like this continual pattern of like Adam being the first like potential Christ-like figure, a human who co-rules the earth with God and does it well. He is one of those figures. And then um, Abraham is one of those figures. Moses, um, Daniel, David, etc. All through the Bible, there's all these, the same kind of um, character who is given this role and fails at some points. Yeah. And um, so it's it's a lot about kind of patterns that roll through and about questions like in the in Genesis when the, uh, I believe, I think Yahweh says it, I forget, but he says, you will, you will crush his head and he will bruise your heel. Yeah. And then like, that's it. And there's no immediate explanation given to that, right. but it's intended to be... Let the record show that Michael yawned while I was speaking about the Lord's holy, I most myself. holy word. <laughs> yeah, no. I repent. I turn from my wicked ways. I'll drink G Fuel only. Yeah, thanks to G Fuel, the sponsor of this episode, again. Um, and also tomatoes. So when... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Throw you off a little bit? <laughs> when... Mm, that's how you do it. Talk away from the mic. Let me just talk a little bit. <laughs> well, you have to keep talking to fill the space with content, and I understand that. But when the Bible says... I like silence on what, the podcast for a couple seconds. But when please. the Bible says, it says, he will, you will crush his head and he will bruise your heel, and then that is not explained. What it's intended to, to do is, I believe, to create a question or a blank in the mind of the reader so that you have that as you're going forward, you're kind of chewing on it as you go forward thinking, okay, how is this? Like what, who, what's this head heel thing? What is this crushing that's going to happen? What does it mean? Is this going to be addressed at all later? And so I, this is, this is the biggest thing that I'm in that I am real hot on right now is, I can't stand how little people preach about the Old Testament. Mm. And not not just preachers, I guess, 
but just churches in general discussing the Old Testament, like, um, yeah, we're always like, oh, these are both equal; they're just different, and then we <laughs> we never talk about the Old and Testament. And then you do ninety percent of all <laughs> church messages of any kind on thirty percent of the Bible, right? And you ignore this huge Paul. thing. The Bible says all Scripture is God breathed and mm. useful for whatever the rest of the verse is. First Timothy three sixteen. That one was drilled. Into is it my really? Head. Yeah. First Timothy three sixteen. Yeah. Um, but I think people are selling their selling themselves short and giving themselves a a cheap view of God. Taking God. This is what originally. So this year, as I think you know this. I'm on my third trip through reading through the Bible cover to cover in a year. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is my third time through it. I just started Philippians yesterday. Okay, you're reading through it not three times in a year, but once for three years. Yes, one gotcha. time per year, and this is my third year in a row doing it. That's so cool. And what originally made... Because, you know, everyone's st- all Christians eventually have the plan to read through the Bible in a year. And if they do it from cover to cover, then... You read, you go in Genesis, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Exodus, the first half of Exodus is really dank. It's very interesting. And then, need coffee or something? No, I don't know why I'm yawning. That's a kind of gloomy day. Um, it's so bothering they, me that I'm yawning. Though. I don't like myself when I yawn. Halfway through, halfway through Exodus... It's like the beginning of Exodus is spellbinding and mesmerizing and is really good entertainment on any level. Yeah. And then you hit the law. <laughs> and people hit halfway through Exodus and they're like, all right, I'm going to keep <laughs> trucking through this. Exodus, fine. You might make it through Leviticus. If you make it through Numbers, and I think it's like towards the end of Numbers or the beginning of Deuteronomy where it seems like they're, the action might start again. They get to the promised land. But then... Deuteronomy is Moses recapping <laughs> the law for everybody. And so everyone yeah. kind of craps out at, I feel like that's when I always used to crap out where the people that I know crap out trying to read through the Bible in a year because you get through, you know, you make it, I don't know, a hundred pages in, and then there's 300 pages or however much of just law. Yeah. And I had always done that, but I I had this realization. I don't know where it came from. I mean, it came probably from the Holy Spirit, but I don't know what spurred it. But I realized I am cheapening my relationship with God by reading the Bible on my terms, by picking and choosing what I want to read from the Bible that I think is easier or more interesting. I don't like, I shouldn't get the right to, I shouldn't give myself the right to cherry pick what aspects of Yahweh I want to learn about. I need to accept God on God's terms. And I just need to read through the whole Bible because if it was in the most important book ever written Mm. or ever assembled, I guess, then I shouldn't skip parts of it just because I get bored. Yeah. Um, And so I've done that three times in a row now. Yeah. With every other book, like if we don't understand something, at least for me, it's like, I'll look it up or I'll be like, what does this mean? Or I'm interested in this. But then with the Bible, I'll get to something that I don't understand. And it's like, oh, I'll just skim over that. And it's like, no, like, why am I skimming over these lists of people? Like, surely there's something important about that. Yeah. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't important. Yeah. Why? Like looking at all of the laws, like as much as I'm not going to memorize every single one of the Old Testament laws and that were made, like I can look up a list of like explaining, hey, this is why this law was made. This is what's important about it. These are how many laws are about this. And this is like mm-hmm. why this would have been a part of their culture. And like this, I don't get that because I'm not in that society. I'm not in that culture. So I don't understand why these laws were made. 
like why can't they not eat a cheeseburger you know like that kind of stuff like cheese and meat not together or like the different fabrics not together and it's like that's stuff that makes no sense to me and that's always what everyone quotes when they talk about like oh well you don't think that gay people are gonna be gay then like surely you must not wear blank and or you will never get tattoos and it's like well it's not the same thing separate issue side issue yeah um question how, do you have anything at what point do you have to be done with this i literally have nothing going on today or tomorrow or ever <laughs> so well i only have 20 hours left of recording on the sd card but we um, go for the longest podcast ever i think the longest podcast ever is somewhere around 11 hours now really yeah oh dude we could easily beat that how long have we been recording for i feel like it's been a hot second hour 24 minutes yikes but i would love to keep going because i'm really enjoying this conversation but i really have to pee so (laughs) are you okay either there's two options here one you entertain them or two i pause it and we start recording again in 10 minutes after a break Mm. all right i'm i'll do i'll do some rants while you're gone yes i'm so excited because i'm going to listen to this later and hear them for the first time go the bathroom door doesn't completely close so (laughs) i need to fix it it's an older house all right folks welcome to uh dave's rants the first thing i want to rant about is called and this is the only thing i have so hopefully i think of something else but the new Star Wars films suck. Let's just tell it how it is, dude. There, I mean, to be fair, I saw the first one and it was a rehashing of episode four. And then I saw half of the second one and I fell asleep because it was so boring. But I just, and then I, I have not, I don't think the third one is even out at the time of this recording, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older. This is more just Dave's rambles at this point, but maybe I'm just getting older, but I just feel like there's very little reverence being paid, I guess, maybe to the idea of the Jedi. I don't know. I guess what I'm realizing through this rant is that I don't have enough information about this to adequately speak on it. Um, But... I don't like the new the new Star Wars films. I still I have no interest in seeing any of them. Ooh, all right, here's what I want to rant about. The 2008 mega blockbuster Speed Racer is one of the greatest movies of all time, and I will fight <laughs> and I will fight anybody who tries to say otherwise, maybe. So I'm trying to make some G fuel. Okay, do you know where it is? I guess I can carry the microphone around. Um, So it's not a mega blockbuster. It's somewhere fairly high on the list of the biggest box office flops of all time. But so Speed Racer, it was made by the Wachowski brothers, creators of the Matrix. And I believe the Matrix trilogy. And it is the most insane, oversaturated, um, hyperactive acid trip of a film that you'll ever watch um it's it is live action but it looks very green screened because it was and i believe that was intentional um you want the most exhilarating car crashes and car 
races on these geometrically impossible tracks. Visual effects, transitions will blow your mind. The smoke plumes about 60% of the way through are really great. It's just a, it's an adrenaline rush of a movie. Um, and it's very, very good. I also do want to, um, I also want to plug, I do want to plug uh, G Fuel for real because I don't even know. No one ever plugs products on podcasts when they are. I feel like this is such boring content. I can't believe. I love it. I'm I. It's not for you, though. It's for whoever, God help them, is listening to this now. Because I could rant and rant, but I had one rant and it crapped out. Um, Ten marriage tips. Top ten marriage tips. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, ooh, I also did make me think of something. So I have a, I have an aunt and uncle who have a son about. Um. It's not really close to my age, but they have a son who got married. And at their wedding, at that son's wedding reception, when they gave a speech, the father said to his now wife, we have been praying for you since before you were born. And what he meant was, we have been praying for our son's future spouse. And since she was younger than him, I believe that meant that um, as soon as their son was born they started praying for his future marriage and his future spouse and now i think that's ridiculous and not just that but there's a whole culture in evangelical christianity about getting married and i just read through whatever um epistle it was where paul says hey it's good to be single if you can be single then be single but I feel like it's almost not even presented as an option for a lot of, um, I guess, millennials because those are the people that are my age. But I wish that growing up there was more of a culture of, hey, you know what God wants you to do if you can? Be single because that's what Paul says. Paul says if you can, then you should do it, but... If you if you can't, then you shouldn't. And now I have friends who are in their um, in their late twenties, early thirties, who are crapping their pants because they're still single, and it's because it has been ingrained into everybody from such a young age that it's a bad thing to be a Christian believer. It's just like not something that you do. Did you, you say that's more like a believer thing or just an in general thing? I don't know. I only I only know it from uh, believers. Well, I think that, like, look at every, like, every princess and prince story. Like, from the time we're young, we're told that you reach existential happiness when you get married or when you find your love. Like, every rom-com and every Disney movie is, like... It's fulfillment through a relationship. Yeah. My bad. Which is an interesting thing because... Yeah, just like you're saying, like, it's (laughs) two married dudes talking about being single. But, like, at the same time, like... Well, listen, I'm not, I can speak, 
I can use Paul's words. I might be married, but I know what Paul said. And yeah. he was single. That's a great point. Um, How many scoops are you supposed to put in this? Yeah, that looks like you put several <laughs> scoops in. How many scoops did you put in it? <laughs> I, each scoop was a half because I couldn't get the thing full because there's not very much left. Oh, you used the blue, the the blue, blue ice. Okay. I probably got two full scoops in here. Is that okay. too many? That's um, roughly double of the. <laughs> I can like see parts of the powder floating around in it. Oh so. no! Are you sure it's not bubbles? Yeah, I'm sure. I know what it. Yeah, you've done like, a lot more of this than I have. See what it tastes like. <laughs> Do you want to try a little bit? No. How, how the, I am just drinking chalk right now. No, dog. We'll pour it into... I'm loving this, though. This is really good. Pour it into um the taller blender bottle and just add some more water. Dude, what a genius. If you who, want to. Man, now I have to talk to the people. <laughs> There's no one who's going to listen to this. I will. Like, really, though, this, a lot of this is just for me. <sighs> Um, his podcast, uh, bass boosted headphone warning. I haven't, I don't talk that much normally. I haven't spoken this much in a very long time. I want to uh, this. I've been doing all the talking up here. I want to hear from some of the listeners. So let's take some. Uh, Michael, you want to take some calls? I would love to take some calls. All right, all right. Ring, 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 ring. Sorry, I don't have my phone out. It's in my pocket. Oh shoot! Ring, oh, it's, oh, it's gotta keep ringing. It's gotta go to voicemail. Dang it! <laughs> All right, okay, here we go, and boop. Hello, uh, this is Conversation Therapy. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. You are on the air. What's your name? Hi. Can I get, uh, what did you say the name of the pizza place was? Uh, Conversation Therapy. This is a podcast where we uh, um, I, we talk about all sorts of things. Um, so you wanted a pizza then? Yeah. Uh, where are you located? <laughs> Rural Ohio. Uh, where are you located, sir or ma'am? I can't tell. I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles is uh, my favorite character well, <laughs> in the Fast and Furious movies. This doesn't sound that interesting. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> oh snap! Um, all right, let's take one more call. Go ahead and call in. Why is nobody calling? I asked for it a second ago. Is it? Are we live? Have we been recording at all? We should probably start the recording now. Oh, you know, you're right. Oh, bring, 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 bring. Um, uh, hello, you've called uh, Conversation Therapy. This is Cooper. <laughs> Cooper, it's your father. Uh, hi, Dad. I, I was just working on... You my... were supposed to be home an hour ago. I told you not to hang out with that lamp family. Katrina is hurting you enough. Who's Who's that? We've actually lovingly been referring to her as Latrina on the episodes to keep her, uh, you know, out of the conversation. Has she been on an episode? She will be. I'm trying to get her to do it, and she wants to, but she's busy. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Every time you go to take... 
Oh, dude, it's so much better with more water. Yeah. All right. We're kind of at a good point um, to start our favorite segment here on the show. Welcome back. <laughs> back from where? It wasn't a break. Welcome back to Sound Bites. Sound Bites. Yeah. Sound Bites. <laughs> hey, we can't have the words. The people are rioting! <laughs> they need more stuff! <laughs> the audience is going crazy! <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo! Sound bites is our favorite segment here on the show where you get to hear what it sounds like Speak to have a bite yourself. of something. It's your favorite segment. Our favorite segment here on the show. Here on the show. <laughs> The views of Michael do not necessarily represent the views of Dave, nor do I endorse this favorite segment. Psych! This is soundbite! <laughs> anyway, so this is the sound of a crisp tomato. Is sand bites mostly you laughing? <laughs> this reminds me of the scene in The Return of the King where Lord Denethor eats a tomato and it squirts upon his chin. I'm so sorry. I spit tomato everywhere. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. Cue the outro music. Sound bites. We're back in the building. Eating tomatoes. Eating potatoes. Oh, yeah. Sound bites in space. Where's the alien sound? Here it is. You hear the alien sound for sound bites. David, did you find something to take a bite of? David, did you take a sound bite? Take a sound bite, David. Eat a bite of sound. Let the record show that he is having such a great time with this that he is crying with laughter. Some quality content. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hungry right now. I'm going to introduce an offshoot of sound bites called Sound Slurps. Play the theme music. (laughs) 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 Sound sound slurps. This is not royalty free, dude. This is royalty free. No copyright. Royalty free. Boy, did I think it was going to drop right there. (laughs) This is the worst. This is the worst. The quality of the content on the podcast 
is inversely proportional to the amount of time that the recording has been going on. You thought it was bad when we started, and you're loving it now? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Sound... Sound... Welcome to Sound Slurps. It's a relaxing part of the show where we get to... Where we stay hydrated. I need to clean my face. (laughs) Welcome to Sound Slurps, also known as the Hydration Station. We're going to start with the sound, not the sound of hydration, but the sound of preparation, hydration preparation, hydration station preparation nation. (laughs) Not the record show, David just overfilled his sriracha mug and it spilled right on his lap. I liked Sriracha about when everyone else decided it was cool. <laughs> they just call him. Now for our next segment of Sound Slurps, the hydration station. My favorite part when a person says G Fuel. There's so much water in my mouth. <laughs> oh. Raise me up. And so concludes Michael's final episode of Conversation Therapy. <laughs> what sort of therapy is this? The conversation! <laughs> Therapy's supposed to help people. <laughs> barely even conversation Ooh. at this point. <laughs> the crowd. Go ahead and take us out. Oh. <sighs> 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 um. You got so much water on the pot. It's a small amount of water on the pop filter. That's fine. I asked Welcome for some for Christmas our for our second gift exchange. favorite segment called Swabbin. <laughs> <coughs> this is ASMR. <coughs> Dude, this should be an ASMR podcast. <laughs> Just where you got people that go nuts. That, that's probably a Here's, better idea than conversation therapy. <laughs> this is an ASMR segment of... Oh, man. Um, caring girlfriend wipes away your tears on her fuzzy sweater on a calming winter's night. It's okay. I love you. It'll be all right. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> <laughs>
there's so much water in my mouth. <laughs> <coughs> that concludes. <laughs> Two t-shirts and a Mac one for three days, and one of them is covered in G fuel now. Whose fault is that? You dingus? <coughs> oh, it's on my pants too. <laughs> I'll be right back. Gosh, man, this is like in middle school when you go on a church retreat and they combine all of the drinks into one cup at the end, and some kid pours like a bunch of salt and pepper in there and ketchup and honey mustard, and then. Some doofus drinks it for like a quarter or for for the clout, and that's what lo- it looks like is in your cup right now. It's cr- chewed up tomato and oh, G Fuel powder. <clears throat> a G Fuel powder was thirty five ninety nine for a tub, which uh, is actually very affordable because you get forty servings. Wow! Drink it for the clout is my favorite Kanye song. <laughs> <coughs> I don't I do I don't joke about brother Kanye anymore. I only joke about Brother Kanye now. Ooh, topical. Yeah. So is there, is that it? The sound slopes just kind of segue into the rest of the thing, or is um, there Oh, a... the outro music, sorry. When you try <laughs> your best and you don't succeed, <coughs> stuck in rivers. Oh, man. This is, I love when you get to this point where it's just a fever dream. Um, Which typically happens whenever I do sound bites because no one's expecting (laughs) what it actually is. I mean, it's fairly self explanatory. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Yeah, so what do you think about the whole Kanye West? um, Kanye Christian West now. Uh, what do you, I think, good for him. Okay. I, he asked, I think in the, some part of the album, he asked people to pray for him. So I did pray that his faith would remain strong and that as people don't take it seriously, that he would still take it seriously, especially as if it is true, um, he's going to have to think about, like, learn how to lead a family now in a very new way in a family that's kind of media juggernauts um oh man this microphone smells weird <laughs> i wonder why well it's just water dude maybe i honestly probably just haven't gotten close enough to it and inhaled through my nose but yeah maybe not um i think good for him I don't want to say who am I? I don't know whether or not it's real or not. And quite frankly, I see no reason why it isn't. Um, all I know about Kanye West is what is told him is what is told by him in his songs. So that's all I'm gonna. That's all that I'm going to say. Um, yeah, Kanye, if you want to come on conversation therapy and clarify, um, <clears throat> feel free. Uh, reach out. Contact me on Twitter. Um, you'll have you to bring on, your own. Twitter either. You'll have to bring your own food for sound bites. <laughs> it's pretty shoestring budget over here. Also, bring your own microphone and <laughs> SLR bring cable. A number one with the lemonade. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah. I actually invited him a couple episodes ago, um, and so once I publish these, I'm sure he'll get right on that. But it's just because they haven't been published yet. That's why he's not been on one. 
Um, <clears throat> that's pretty sure that's the only reason. Yeah. I mean, I coughed a lot, and my throat hurts a little bit, but it was well worth it because that episode or that segment was maybe my favorite sound bites yet. <laughs> Great. You know how people <laughs> say, slurps. people say like, I want someone really, man, I wish somebody really famous would become a Christian. That happened. Right. Now, so this is a really interesting situation. Yeah, with Justin Bieber as well. He's a believer now. A believer. <laughs> yeah. I can't right. say believer because that's already a term. Yeah. He's a believer now too. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. And he's been going to church for a minute, like ever since he's but, been kind of like out of the, probably for like maybe six months or more. Like it's not a recent thing, but he's been like doing church stuff. That's he's, cool. Yeah. So that's like somebody posted like, can't wait for the next Hillsong album <laughs> where Kanye and um justin bieber do worship music Ooh, if they did an album together that thing would be hot fire flames oh yeah did you listen to kanye's album like yeah a couple times did you like it um musically not really i thought it yeah. was more interesting than good yeah i felt the same way because i liked i've listened to some of his old stuff like i've gone back because i didn't i'm not like an og kanye fan where i listen to all his old stuff but i went back and listened to it and there's a lot of stuff in there that i really liked um and then i liked um his last album, um, and some of the stuff in there, and then Kids See Ghosts I thought was really good, um, which is not an opinion that a lot of people may share, but it's really? something that I have. Um, oh, I liked Kids See Ghosts way better than Yay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I definitely liked Kids See Ghosts a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, this the latest album, the Christian one that came out. The first song was the only song that I really liked, and that's because it was mostly the gospel choir. Yeah, it did he even speak in that, or was it just the sample? I don't know. I think it might have just been the sample. But it was just so good. And so I really like that, and I listened to the rest of it. And I, I know what song you're talking about, the one where he's, like, talking more about how, like, people won't believe him. Yeah. Like, people are not going to believe me, and, like, he's people are going to do this. about it. Yeah, and so it's, I definitely felt the same way. Like, I think a lot of people are taking it to too many extremes. Like, we just, we assume a lot of things, and we want to make... Um, we want to feel right or feel justified or whatever. Um, and then we forget about the fact that like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know this guy at all. Um, I don't know. I think that it's easy. It's easy to forget that my assumptions are exactly that they're just assumptions. And so Mm -hmm. it's not like speculation doesn't help anyone. Like it, it it doesn't add to the conversation in any way, except for like me being able to be in the conversation. Uh, That's my first piece of marriage advice. Spectral, speculate. I'm gonna yoink that from you. Speculation doesn't help anyone. Oh, that's really good. Um, I was gonna say something, but now I'm not because I forgot. Oh, if he is a, if he is truly a believer now, then all good for him, man. Hooray! If it's yeah. true, then um, heaven is rejoicing. Be, or I don't know how long the party goes for in heaven. How long they rejoice for, but. There was definitely a celebration because another soul was saved. I don't care if he's a musician or not or like yeah. a celebrity. I'm I'm happy to hear that like such a concrete, highly visible example of God at work. Well, let me hop on what you said about like I don't know how long heaven is rejoicing because that's a personal thing that I have an issue with is when not like a huge issue, but like it kind of bothers me when as Christians we try to talk about heaven in very earthly terms. And we get very specific about things that the Bible talks about, but like we really don't understand heaven because like it's outside of time in that sense. And so we can't like 
we can't understand heaven as much as people want to understand heaven. Bro, I got a I got a podcast for you. Ooh. It's called well, just a series of podcasts. Um, it's one of the guys who does the Bible Project. He has a sister podcast where he goes through his old teachings and just puts them online for people to hear. His name's Tim Mackey. And there's let me pull up my notes app on my phone. Shout out um Apple if you want to sponsor this podcast. I use your notes app all the time. <laughs> I use it occasionally, but also can you the iCloud doesn't sync very quickly. So please fix that. Yeah, Apple reach out to us about that cuz it took a while for my wife's video that she took in class to sync up with her iCloud and it was frustrating cuz she needed it the day after. Mm. A it was day. It was an hour and a half. The podcast long, is called Exploring My Strange Bible and there is a four in um it's just a collection of older talks and lectures that Tim has given and there is a four-part series on heaven and hell where Ooh. he starts he he starts completely from the Bible, goes through scripture, pulls out all of the stuff related to heaven and hell and like the origins of hell, how we came to believe that hell is like at a fiery dungeon where you get like tortured. Mm-hmm. Um, what actually happens, and and not not only what the Bible says, but specifically what the Bible doesn't say. Yeah. Um, and he really explains it in a fascinating way, and that's something that I've been curious about for a while because there's this idea of heaven, and the idea of that came from somewhere. The same thing of hell, like heaven up in the clouds with the gold and the, I guess, to a lesser extent, the harps and crap. Right. And then there's hell, which is the the pit of horrors mm-hmm. with fire and, and flames everywhere. And then there's also the new earth, which is this kind of, to the extent that I can sum it up quickly, it's a, a new Eden, this intersection of this cosmic mingling of God's heavenly kingdom and his earthly kingdom merging into one that is this maybe that's the city that uh, like a thousand new jerusalem a thousand meters or whatever by a thousand by a thousand which is the city but so and he he talks about a lot of that stuff and specifically explains what is actually going to happen to believers and unbelievers after they die through the lens of the bible so a plug for that is really good I'm definitely going to listen to that. I'm very excited for that. So, so interesting. One thing that is a slightly separate thing, but it's something that I've been kind of like struggling through personally is this idea of on, I listen to a few other podcasts that are people who kind of like went through the whole deconstruction of their faith and like how everything that goes along with that. And so I need a certain amount of like healthy biblical stuff to listen to and healthy like biblical people to listen to who are sound. And then also I like to listen to those things because it's, it makes me think, and I think that it helps me to be able to have conversations with people who have deconstructed their faith and who are dealing with legitimate questions and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and so one thing that they, like multiple of these podcasts have brought up um, is that this, this idea that if I truly believed that hell were real, then I would be acting very differently as a Christian, which is something that I don't know how much I am on board with well no no no, not that necessarily but i think that it's this idea that they say like oh when i was a christian i don't think i really believed in hell because if i did then i would have been like 
pleading every day constantly with my friends and with my family who are not Christians, mm-hmm. like trying to get them to be Christians. And this idea that if you be- if you as a Christian, this is what they would say, if you believe as a Christian that hell is real and you're not spending every waking moment evangelizing and proselytizing and like trying to convert other people to Christianity, then you don't really believe that hell is real. Which I'd dumb. Yeah, I don't like it. Because it feels like that's such a baseline understanding of something. And so I don't know, I guess what what would you say in response to that? If I said if you believe that hell is real and that you believe that there are people in your life that you are friends with that are going to hell, which is obviously this is a very dumbed down version of like you would never say that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um and you're not trying to, you know, convert them, then you don't believe that hell is real. What do you say to that? I say, why are we using hell as a basis to try to convert people? Because it's not about hell. If you start with hell, you're starting in the wrong place. It's about God. Everything is about God. And this is something that I've been kind of thinking about anyways. Um, And there are a lot of kind of... And we're back. Sorry for that quick cutoff there. Uh, the recorder died because it's not plugged into the wall, which I needed to do, but I didn't because I'm the worst. We were talking about heaven and hell, and I asked you the question about why you're not doing all that stuff, and you said it should be our relationship with, or the way that we deal with other people should, as far as evangelism goes, should be based on God, not based on hell as a place. Why are we con- trying to convert people using fear as our greatest um, weapon or fear is... Yeah, fear is our greatest motivator. Dude, God is the best thing, and how good he is is better than how bad the worst thing is. Mm -hmm. So I think... Well, I just know he's good. I don't actually have a lot of... Strike that last uh, comment from the record, please. Um, but but I don't think that it was wrong. Like, it's not wrong that God is the best thing and he's better than, like, how good God is is better than how bad. Like, the goodness of God outweighs the badness of a bad thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I think that it's, the issue for me lies in the fact that that, for me, is not a main reason why. Like, if I were saying, like, reasons why I would assume that I didn't believe before. It's like, it's not that like I can believe in something just because I don't believe in the same way somebody else does. Doesn't mean that I don't believe like I don't, I'm not a very emotional person, so I don't have a very guttural emotional response to a lot of things. And so I, my response to the reality of hell is not freaking out and like trying to reach out to people because I almost have this maybe dangerously too, pragmatic view of the world where I say, well, freaking out isn't going to help anything. Like, I don't know, like there are some situations where my wife will get so freaked out by something that she will be like literally bawling, which is just her response to something. And it's not wrong. It's just different. And I don't cry at very many things, not because I'm a man or whatever, just because it's not my response. And so just because I'm not freaking out over hell and trying to convince everybody frantically to believe in Jesus doesn't mean that I'm not 
that I, that I don't believe. Did somebody like actually say this to you? No, but I just I kind of take it that way from the people that are talking. I always take things to the personal level and say, "Oh, is that true for me?" Yeah. And I just don't think that that's I don't like that line of reasoning, but it's a line of reasoning that a lot of those guys have. Hmm. And they're guys that I like what they're saying on a lot of other things, but then on that I'm like, "Mm, not on board with you." Yeah. It gets it gets very muddy when you get into like deconstruction of faith because I think it's something where I when I went through a time and I was very much so doubting um when was that I think honestly I'm not necessarily now but like if it is now then so be it yeah I think that it's I don't know it's kind of now but also not because I think that I on days when I am good, I'm really good. And on days when I'm bad, I'm really bad. It's kind of like one Good in terms of your mental security and yeah. what you believe. In terms of like doubt versus believing, which yeah. is something that I'm still like, I'm still struggling with being open about this because like I'm no longer a pastor. And like if a pastor ever like actually admitted that they had real doubts and sometimes didn't believe, like... <laughs> right. Get the door, pastor, <laughs> yeah. former pastor. Yeah, and so I think that it's something where, like, me being able to say to you or to anyone else, like, yeah, some days I just really don't believe. Like, I have some very strong doubts, but then always, like, I always feel like I have to give that caveat in there of, like, oh, well, I am, like, of course I believe. But it's like, well, some days I just really don't. Like, some days I really struggle, but it's that's just part of life. It's just honest, dog. We're the the dude in the Bible who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. I like that a lot. It's the same thing. He was just a guy, and I think Christ gave him what he asked for based on his faith, and it's it's kind of the same for us. What a what a beautiful prayer, though. Like for me, like that's something where I don't know (laughs) tattoos. I've for a long time I've been thinking about getting tattoos and like looking at the tattoos that the tattoos that other people have and like like all that kind of stuff. And I think that what sticks with me is like. I know that when I do get a, a tattoo, um, if I do get a tattoo, I, might, I mean, I'm planning on it, but like, I want it to be something that is kind of evergreen. Like for me, I don't want it to be something that's only specific to like one part of my life that will like change. But even then it's like, it's still kind of a story. Like your tattoos tell you the story of where you've been. And so I've thought like how... So according to your tattoos, you've been nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've thought like, I think it would be cool to do a tattoo like uh my whole all of my tattoos would be quotes which i think would be very interesting and also very weird and like but also cool like because then you could like make them into weird and interesting like design things where like if everything is made out of words if like pictures are made out of words and if all that stuff because i think that there's a lot of quotes that resonate with me on like a very deep level whether or not they're bible verses or quotes from things um like, like the i love the quote from I think the Mr. Beaver says it in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where somebody asks if Aslan's safe. And he says, safe? No, he's not safe, but he's good. Ooh, dude, that's so good. It's good. And I, I think I butchered it a little bit, but I, that's a quote I really like. I'm trying to think of the one that Gandalf says in Lord of the Rings. Oh, you fools. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> where he goes, after he wakes up, after the Balrog throws him down. No, I can't remember the quote. Um, What's it from? Which movie? Or is it from the books? 
I think it's in the movies. I'm not 100% certain, though. I'm, um, I think it is. Oh, it's going to bother me, but whatever. But there's just, like, quotes that stick out to me. Obviously, that one has not stuck out to me as, men, as much as That's others. That's why I need to tattoo it on your arm so you can remember <laughs> the thing. Yeah. But even, like, my, my Bible verse that was, like, the one that I loved for a long time was... Um, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yeah. And that's kind of something I grabbed onto after I drowned as like, why am I even mm. alive? And why do I like, cause uh, I was very like at a certain point. Do the point, people know that you drowned? Not. I, <laughs> that's kind of a big thing to just drop in <laughs> as part of a sentence. You should give a little, we should sidebar and give a little backstory to that. I think. Yeah. I've kind of been like, I've mentioned it like three or four times <laughs> in the past ones, but I've never actually talked about it. Um, which is like, I thought, I think it's funny, but then at the same time, people were probably like, what the heck? Or we could keep it as a mystery intentionally. Um, One time I drowned, but now I'm alive and I did, I've dealt with a lot of things after the fact. Um, that's, there's nothing more to say, honestly. That's kind of all the detail that there is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's no, no more in depth detail. Yep. Um, but yeah, like after I drowned, which was in high school, so my brain mm, not fully there <laughs> and so trying to figure out how to interact with the world and understand myself and understand christianity and other people and everything like um it's something where i had to i had to come to an understanding of myself at a very young age and of like being okay with death and like getting to the point of being suicidal and like self-harming and doing things like that very young um like, which is not to say that other people haven't dealt with things as well. And like, I haven't done that even younger, but like for me personally, like getting to that point and saying, well, like, why am I alive? Like, why, why should I keep living? And like, that is a a very difficult spot to be in. And like, for me, like the thing that was holding me away from wanting to be alive was like existential loneliness. Like no one will ever understand me or what I've been through or anything. Um, but the reality is that we're never alone. And while no one will ever understand everything about me or everything about you, um, people understand parts of us. Um, and that's not enough. Like you're never alone. Like no one is ever alone. Um, which is just something that I think is important to hear. Um, as much as I joke about like, nobody's going to listen to this at this point, we're like two hours into an episode that was a manic and also way too serious and divisive. Like if there's anyone listening to this that feels alone, like you are not alone is just a truth. And so coming to that point of like getting through all that and finally saying like, for, for me, Paul said it, he said to live as Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. And I love that. Um, and that's something that I think is a verse that stuck out to me as being like, that's a quote in general that like, whether or not that's a verse, that's, that's purpose and fulfillment. And like, that's what everyone wants. And that's what I want. I kind of wonder if even this podcast is a, attempt to fight that a little bit because Mm. by relentlessly pestering me to do an episode (laughs) of it you were able to get a two-hour conversation yeah between us the longest conversation we've ever had i think yeah certainly um and so it's a i can't help but wonder if somewhere deep between like deep in your soul is like this kind of desire and this was birthed out of that and we all probably have a similar desire oh 100 percent. and like that's like even the name conversation therapy is like people like i know that's not a name that's gonna bring okay. people on board i now get it it's therapy for you yeah not for the listener no it's all about me <laughs> that's like 
not that I don't care about the listener, but I kind of like it's this is for me. And like I've listened to like we care about you, Janet. We care <laughs> about you. OK, Rachel and Janet. <laughs> I love Janet being out there and she's like listening and she's like every time she's about to turn it off, like her fingers on that button and she goes, oh, no, they do care about me. <laughs> Yeah, like the, really, they, this is something where I I love having conversations with people so much, and when we're, you're doing a podcast, <laughs> you're stuck with me for an hour or more, and you have to deal with all my craziness yes, and my goofiness, <laughs> and also like getting serious, mm-hmm. which is something that I think that we like we're so distracted, like people are so distracted, and I long for connection in that way, and maybe it's just this like the phase of life that I'm in, but I feel like I don't make as many connections as easily as when I was younger. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds, sounds not to cheapen it, but that sounds common, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Which is why I'm fully expecting everyone to want to come and record an episode. (laughs) So if you're out there, go ahead and reach out to me, send a smoke signal, maybe send a letter. Uh, to my address, which I have not told and will never tell. Just send, Let's find the address. Just send your email to 428blazeit <laughs> at gmail.biz slash conversation therapy podcast. <laughs> and to say that you're interested, like, if you want to be a guest, he'll fly you out <laughs> into his small, messy room, and you can sit there and, like, chew stuff on camera. It's what more n- could you want? The messy room is not messy anymore. The room that we're in, of course, right now, this room is very clean because I cleaned it. Um, I thought you were going to do a sound effect, I guess. <laughs> I could. No, I'm not going to. Um, one thing, it feels like we're kind of winding down, which I think is healthy because it has been like two hours. But yeah. one thing that I do want to ask, which I think is a very fun question, is... Do you ask this to all your guests? No, but I've asked it to a few of them. Okay, what's up? Um, a similar question of like either what brings you fulfillment in your life right now or... What is the most happy that you've been recently? Like, what makes you happy? What brings you that fulfillment? Right now, what makes me happy is working out. It has affected me psychologically in ways that I don't fully understand. People smarter than me have probably done extensive research on it. But I just feel good, dude. Yeah. Like... I walk out of the gym like I went this morning um, and I walked out of the gym and I was just like feeling good because yeah. I know that I pushed myself, but I did it anyways. So I get an endorphin rush from doing something that was difficult yeah. and I know that it was good for me, good for my body and good for my mind. And and um, yeah, that's what makes, that's what brings me fulfillment right now. And I think the reason why it is right now is because... I have. I'm. Um, I'm only recently discovering the joys of that. Yeah. I feel like I had that when I was in high school sports when I did those, but since then it's like I don't push myself very hard. Like usually, if I'm swimming, I'm just swimming, or if I'm playing volleyball, I'm just playing volleyball. I'm not like going hard because I guess swimming I could swim hard and push myself, but in volleyball it's like I don't play with people who are. Well, I play with people who are competitive, but who are older and like like sixty years old, and yeah. so like I'm not going to go as hard as I can against those people. That's just not fun. Why not? 
well, I don't like, first of all, like, I don't want to hurt anybody, which is not to say that I'm like so good that I'd hurt somebody, but like, I don't want to like spike the ball as hard as I can in someone's yeah, face, yeah. you know, like that's not a fun thing. Do you win all your games? No. Oh man, you should play hard enough like Dash and the Incredibles, only be the best by a tiny bit. You don't have to flex all over everybody, but (laughs) he's still, I don't know. Well, I love very competitive. He did go for second (laughs) when they're in the crowd. Yeah, but when there's two players, that's not first and second. That's just losing. (laughs) (laughs) When there's two teams, if you come in second, you lost. Okay, well, there's, there's a guy who's 89 years old that always gets put on my team, and he can't hit. He can't, like, barely raise his hands over, like, his head, but he, like, still plays, and he's still kind of Good okay. on him for getting out there. That's yeah, sick. It's, it's awesome, but he's always my setter, and he can't set the ball, like, any more than, like, six inches above the height of the net, so I never get a chance to really hit, which is fine because it's not competitive. It's just, like, pickup, but, like, I've gone and played in a couple other, like, tournaments and stuff, and that's fun, but it costs money, and it takes away your weekend, and, like, that's not very fun. Yeah, it sure does suck when someone asks you to do something that takes away part of your weekend. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. <laughs> In terms of pushing pushing yourself, I would not push myself nearly as hard if I wasn't working out um, almost every day with a group of guys. And one guy in particular who's kind of the the tone setter and brings an incredible amount of intensity yeah. to it. And that's I really like I have been trying to find other dudes my age who would be interested in working out like on the weekends or maybe in the evenings or something. I just can't find any, I don't know. Um, but there is, there is an element of, um, competition and collaboration at the same time, which is really healthy. And there's an element of like male bonding. Cause you put yourself through suffering right? and then you come out of it together. And there's an element of like, I'm gonna, I might do, I don't know. I might do, like 15 curls at a certain weight on my own. But if somebody is there and was like, all right, give me five more. And then I struggle yeah. through two and then they're like, all right, give me two more. And you know, then you end up doing way more. Yeah. It's just good. Um, I think it's much like incredibly dedicated people like the, I don't know, Kobe Bryant's and stuff can, yeah. they're so incredibly self-motivated that they can be, their own bar and like set their own bar and consistently achieve it. But for most of us, normal people, you have to have other people like set that bar for you. And I think I don't know enough about Kobe to effectively say what other influences he had in his life, but I just know that his work ethic was fairly relentless. Yeah. I mean, you, he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And so to do that, you have to be self-motivated because like you just have to. Yeah. So working out is bringing you fulfillment and joy and stuff, which is real cool. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Does everyone ask it back to you? Um, I feel like I talk about it enough to where like, I don't know, like this podcast in and of itself is so fun to me. And it brings me fulfillment because I love having conversations and connecting with people. Um, so that makes me happy. And I think that looking like reading the books and stuff like that, like all that stuff. Like that's that's stuff that I think is bringing me happiness. Also, I'm just trying to figure it out, man. I'm trying to figure out other things, and I wish that I were living closer to you because then I would definitely work out with you on the weekends. Yeah. But maybe in a couple of years. Maybe. Dude, well, I live in Saskatchewan, so it would be quite a move. Hundreds of thousands of hours away. You know what's crazy? 
God created human humans in his image, mm-hmm. male and female, he created them. He is too complex and large spiritually of a being to only create one creature to like represent his image. He created two different mm-hmm. two genders to represent different parts of his personality. And yeah. even the just humans aren't enough right. to do it. But I think that's, I don't know. I think a lot about differences between men and women. And the, I know there's this big tirade to kind of lessen the, to not emphasize the differences between men and women. But God created two genders and he created them instinctively certain ways. Yeah. And it's so dope that, um, like a male's nature, a stereotypical male desire to be uber competitive, um, and a stereotypical female desire to be nurturing and loving, both come from sides of the same being. Yeah, that's all. That's 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 uh, super cool. Yeah, that's my plug. Closing thoughts. Plug God. 